With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another Friday episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Happy Friday to you all. The FPL deadline is today, 6.30pm UK time, which is 90 minutes before Arsenal versus Aston Villa kicks off. So do not get caught out by the early deadline. On today's episode, I'll cover the main news from Thursday's press conferences, discuss the Romelu Lukaku situation, answer 10 quick-fire questions, touch on captaincy, and reveal my Game Week 9 transfer, which has already been done. With it being a Friday deadline, I wanted to get the podcast out as early as possible, so I'm recording it before Friday's pressers. Keep an eye on Ben Dennery's Twitter account throughout the day for those updates. All eyes will be on Thomas Tuchel at half past one for an update on Lukaku. Visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get yourself 33% off an annual athletic subscription. And in doing so, you'll get ad free versions of these podcasts. I'm going to read through the notes from Thursday's press conferences. So, on Arsenal, first of all, Mikel Arteta said on Saka, it's down to the doctors and himself to see how he recovers and how he is feeling between today and tomorrow. He was pictured in training on Thursday. So, yeah, it looks like Saka might be okay, given those pictures in training. But if you have him, I think it's a bit of a tricky one. So I think if I had him, I would keep him and just hope that he starts. So it was good to see him in those training pictures after those comments from Arteta. On to Aston Villa, Dean Smith said Traore and Bailey have come back from four or five weeks out, so we're building up their fitness. They'll be in the squad, but I'll have to assess where they are. They've both got a chance of starting, but are probably lacking match minutes. Matty Cash is fine, he just had a dead leg, so Matty Cash who come back into the starting 11. I've been very impressed with Cash in recent game weeks. I think he's a pretty good defensive option for FPL. At Brighton, there seems to be comments on Tarek Lamptey every week for the last three or four months. The latest ones, Tarek responded really well. He was excited to be on the pitch. He enjoyed it. He's got a lot of work to do. We just need to keep helping him to get back to the Tarek Lamptey we all know. Danny Welbeck remains out. And Adam Webster has been involved in full training this week. And he has an outside chance of being in the squad. So Webster, unlikely to come back into the starting 11. Maybe he'll get a bench appearance. So Shane Duffy looks pretty safe for now. At Burnley, Sean Dice is hopeful of having Ben Mee and Charlie Taylor available. So a late check will be made on those two. At Leeds, still lots of problems. Bamford, Ealing, Firpo and Phillips have all been ruled out. So hard to see a Leeds victory without those key assets. At Southampton, lots of talk about their forwards. Che Adams is fit and available. A couple of quotes here. So first of all, Hasenhutl on Adam Armstrong. 
who was benched last game week. He said, we have a lot of options up front. We have to look at who gets the right decision in the right moments. He can score goals. He shows this in every training session. It won't take long until he scores his second in the league. Then there was comments on Armstrong's replacement, Broya, who had a very good game last week. His comments were, he had a slow start here. But I think he showed very quickly that he has some weapons you can use. Because of the injury to Che Adams, it was the first chance for him to start. And I think he grabbed his chance with both hands. So I think those are the most important words from Hasenhutl. Broya grabbed his chance with both hands. So to me, that means Broya will probably get another start this game week. The question is, will it be with Armstrong or will it be in place of him? And will Che Adams come back into the team? So Broya, certainly an interesting one if he gets another start this weekend. And finally, at Watford, Claudio Ranieri made a few comments on Ismail Assar, who played some of the game out of position up front against Liverpool, but then moved back to the wing. So his comments were, his best position is right wing. I tried to put him very close to the Liverpool centre-backs and attack on their shoulders. It wasn't possible. And in the second half, I put him back in his position. He is much better there. So we're probably not going to get Sar as an out-of-position forward, it sounds like. Josh King is fit again, so could come back in. And Kiko Femenia is a slight doubt. So that is Thursday's press conferences. There's lots more to come today. So like I said, keep an eye on Twitter at Ben Dennery. He will keep you right before you make your final Gaming 9 decisions. Ten quickfire questions now. First one is from Ishank. Is Lukaku to Vardy the only option? Or should we look at other options for the Lukaku replacement? So... I do think Lukaku is a sell. If you haven't done it yet, just wait to see what Thomas Tuchel says. You know, at lunchtime, I expect him to say Lukaku won't be available. So if that is the case, I think he's a, he's an easy sell. Um, I think when it comes to Lukaku, if you're selling him, I think there's there's three options. I think, well, first of all, you don't have to sell him. If you've got a good bench, if you've got someone like Liveramento on your bench, or in my case, I've got Mbumo, players like that, if you're not sure what you want to do, by selling Lukaku, you can always just do nothing. If you've got a strong bench, if you can get a strong 11, you can buy yourself another week of information and you know get an update on Lukaku then next week. And then you might be in a position where you might want to keep him. Uh, I don't love that option though, because I think it's too much cash to leave on the bench, even just for one game week, when we don't know how long he's going to be out for. I think Lukaku to Vardy is the the easy transfer, the no-brainer one. You know, Vardy's been smashing it this season. This is our excuse to finally get him, for those of us who've been avoiding I think Harry Kane is an option as well. When it comes to Vardy versus Kane, I don't think there's too much in it. I think Kane is more of a long-term pick because Kane's fixtures get really good from game week 12 onwards. But in the short term, for the next three game weeks, I like Leicester's fixtures better. I don't know them off the top of my head, but I know Leeds is in there at some point and Tottenham's are a little bit more difficult. So short term, I like the Vardy move more than Harry Kane. The third route, which I think a lot of people are going to do, is use the Lukaku injury to move cash into other positions, mainly midfield. So, for example, if you don't have Ivan Tony, who I think is a very good option for the next couple of game weeks with good fixtures, you could go Lukaku to Tony. That frees up a lot of cash. And then you could make an upgrade in midfield to get someone like Son, Sadio Mane, Kevin De Bruyne. So I do like that option. I've already got Tony, so I've kind of I haven't really been looking at that option because I've got Tony Antonio uh, and Lukaku. So you know, I'm quite happy to keep Tony and Antonio. So I'm just looking to make a direct striker swap for 
Lukaku. But yeah, those are the three options and it really depends on, on what your current team structure looks like and how you want to approach the next couple of game weeks. Next question is from Rochelle. Is it worth dropping Lukaku for a minus four if I've already made my transfers for the game week? Or would you just hold on to him until we hear more about his injury? So yeah, that's a tricky one. If it's a minus four for Lukaku, it's a little bit harder to sell him. I still think I probably would. Like the first question, it probably depends on what kind of substitute options you have. If you've got a good sub, you probably can just keep Lukaku and save yourself the minus four point hit. But then on the flip side, players like Vardy and Harry Kane and even some of the other strikers, you know, Tony I mentioned, I like Jimenez who plays Leeds this week. Those guys can pay you back instantly with a minus four. And if Lukaku is going to be out for more than one game, then I think the minus four is probably justified to get rid of him. Question from FPL Leo. With Salah being the only informed premium option at the moment, is it viable to have just one premium being Salah and two light premiums, for example, Vardy and Son? So yeah, I think this is absolutely fine to approach the game this way at the moment. Salah is obviously a must-have. Vardy and Son are very good options. So yeah, the premiums like Ronaldo and Lukaku really haven't been doing it. So I think that makes things easier for us in terms of budget. We can probably spread the cash around a little bit more now. So yeah, absolutely fine to go Salah, Vardy and Son. Question from Mark. What are your thoughts on Havertz given Lukaku and Timo Werner injuries? So yeah, Timo Werner injured in that Champions League game as well. So we should get an update on him at lunchtime also. Basically, I think the Lukaku and Timo Werner injuries are are good news for the likes of Havertz and Mason Mount. I picked up Mason Mount on the wildcard last week. It was a disappointing game week eight when he didn't start. But the Timo Werner injury in particular, I think, could be good news for Mount because I think he'll get more starts. And he might become the talisman for a short period while those guys are out. But I like Havertz more. If I didn't already have Mason Mount and I was looking for a Chelsea midfielder this week, I think we'll go Havertz. I think it's... He's more than likely going to play up front, out of position, amazing fixtures, in particular Norwich this week. So I do like the Havertz pickup this week if you've got a transfer to make in midfield. So I would go Havertz. I like Mount as well, but just the out of position potential for Havertz swings it in his favour. Question from Laura. Do I stick or twist on Ronaldo? I think it's probably time to twist given that it's Liverpool this week. But again, it's team dependent. There's probably a lot of managers in a scenario where they have Ronaldo and Lukaku and their plan this week was maybe to sell Ronaldo. But now you probably need to prioritise selling Lukaku. So then, you know, if, if you don't have two free transfers, it's probably a minus four to lose Ronaldo, which never sounds great, even if it's a tough fixture. So if that is the case and you need to take a hit to sell Ronaldo, I probably wouldn't do it. I'd probably just keep him for Liverpool. Hopefully he gets something and then maybe with a view to selling him the week after. But if you think Ronaldo is the biggest problem in your team and you don't have Lukaku issues, for example, then yeah, I wouldn't be against selling them before the Liverpool fixture. It's not just the Liverpool fixture. Manchester United have four or five very tricky fixtures now. And obviously, we haven't been great recently. Question from Matthias. Is Aubameyang a worthwhile differential pick as a Lukaku replacement? So I don't love it, but then I had a look at his numbers and his fixtures and I liked it a little bit more you know, quietly has three goals in his last five appearances, which is pretty decent. Next three fixtures for Arsenal are Aston Villa, Leicester and Watford. So Villa just conceded three late goals to Wolves. Leicester have conceded plenty of goals this season as well. And then it's Watford, which could be the best fixture for attackers at the moment. So as far as differentials go, I think there's worse picks than Aubameyang. You know, it's 
good to see him playing with a bit more confidence and getting a few goals. Personally, I wouldn't go there. I think there's better options. I like the cheaper guys like Tony and Jimenez. But Aubameyang, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he does keep scoring because the more options we have up front, the better. Question from Alex. Eight game weeks in, what are your general thoughts on Grealish as a fantasy asset, please? The short answer, rubbish fantasy asset. It's it's very, very surprising how little attack and returns he's got given that he's played a lot of games for Manchester City. I think it's one goal and one assist, which is just not good enough for a Manchester City attacker. So, yeah, I don't like him as a pick. I prefer Foden. And I prefer somehow finding cash for Kevin De Bruyne as well. So yeah, Grealish, not on my radar whatsoever. Very, very disappointing FPL-wise so far. Question from Chris. What are your thoughts on a Leicester forward double-up Vardy and Iheanacho? And have your thoughts changed since Dakis scored five goals this week, which could create a rotation issue with Iheanacho? So yeah, Dakis scored, scored one against Manchester United last weekend and then scored four in Europe during the week. So... That puts me off, Iheanacho. Iheanacho was already a rotation risk. He wasn't getting 90 minutes even when he started. And now Daka is in the equation as well. And what I don't like about Leicester this season is they can change system in any given game week. So we've seen it last week. Harvey Barnes dropped out of the team. He could come back in this week and one of the strikers might have to drop out. So when it comes to Leicester attackers, you go Jamie Vardy or no one. That's the way I'm approaching it. So I don't like the Leicester forward double up idea. I think it's Vardy and avoid the others you know rather than players like Iheanacho and Daka just get 90 minute strikers from other teams question from Ryan what are your thoughts on Odson Edward as a lower price striker option yeah I do like Edward in that price bracket I think he's about six and a half million I do think Tony is the best option but Edward is probably second Crystal Palace have just been so impressive this season. They're a breath of fresh air. They're nothing like the Crystal Palace we were used to for the last couple of seasons. And Edward is a very good striker. Scored a great goal against Arsenal. Fixtures for Crystal Palace. Newcastle next, which is great. Then it's Man City. You could just bench him in that one. And then it's Wolves and Burnley. So three of the next four fixtures are pretty good for Crystal Palace. And I think Edward will get a couple of goals. So yeah, I like him as an option if you fancy something different. The final question is from Nibbin. What are your thoughts on Jimenez as a captaincy punt against Leaky Leeds? Yeah, I think when it comes to captaincy, if you own Jimenez, I certainly would be quite tempted by it. But I, th- I think the simple answer here is when we've got a player in Mohamed Salah who has scored 83 points in eight game weeks, I think it takes a very brave manager to go against him, no matter who he's playing. And I mean, Manchester United on paper... Is a fixture where I wouldn't usually captain Salah, but circumstances this season kind of change that because Liverpool are playing really well. Salah is on another level and Manchester United are really struggling. Obviously, Varane's out and defensively, we've been pretty poor. You know, Leicester scored four. I mean, if Leicester can score four, how many can Liverpool score if we have another bad day at the office? So I think Salah's by far and away the best captain now that Lukaku's out. But I, you know, if you really want to try something different, if you fancy a differential and you don't, mind getting punished by Salah if he goes big then Jimenez I think is as good as anyone this week because of the fixture leads missing so many players Calvin Phillips I think is the most important one there who is missing so I expect Leeds to concede probably at least two against Wolves this weekend looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. On the captaincy, I think it's very simple. Uh, it was a two-horse race, I think, between Salah and Lukaku. A two-horse race has now become a one-horse race. So just because Lukaku is not in the equation anymore, at least it looks that way, I don't think we should start overthinking the captaincy. Just give it to Salah. And he's probably going to get something against Manchester United. So yeah, I wouldn't be going against Salah in the form he's in at the moment. I was actually pretty set on captain in Lukaku. And I think the injury might have saved me. Because I think I would have ended up regretting captain in Lukaku and not captain in Salah. So yeah, I feel calmer about the game week now that the armband is on Salah. So my team and transfer for game week 9. I pulled the trigger last night, Thursday night, on... Lukaku out for Jamie Vardy because Lukaku was dropping in price, Jamie Vardy was rising in price, so I thought I may as well save myself 0.2 million. I don't usually do that, but when it's that kind of scenario, I think it's fine because I've got Mbumo and Liveramento on the bench anyway. So even if something new came out today that one of my players was going to miss out, I've got the bench options there to cover me anyway in the worst case scenario. So for me, Lukaku to Vardy was an easy transfer. I prefer Vardy over Kane short term and I didn't have the cash for Kane anyway so it kind of made the decision for me and like I said I've got Tony already so I didn't need to make the Lukaku to Tony downgrade to move the cash into midfield so it feels like a very easy transfer and it's good to finally own Jamie Vardy now for his inevitable blank in game week 9. So my team for the weekend Ramsdale and goal hopefully it's a better one than last week. Back four, Trent, Diaz, Cancelo and Chilwell. Salah captain, Rafinha and Mason Mount. Vardy, Antonio and Ivan Tony. The bench is Foster, Mbumo, Livramento and Brownhill. Best of luck for Game Week 9, folks. Enjoy the games and enjoy your weekend, whatever you're up to. And I'll talk to you again on Tuesday. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, visit patreon.com forward slash fplgeneral. Wishing you all green arrows. Have a good one, folks. The Athletic.